1: Listening to the 23 Personnel Podcast, a Texas Tech athletics podcast where food and sports clash at the goal line. Here are your hosts, Spencer
0: and Michael. All right, what is up, everybody? Welcome back to another episode of the 23 Personnel Podcast. I'm your host, Spencer, joined by Michael. Michael, what's up, man? Hey. I was muted. I'm good now. What's going on, dude? Man, I'm loving this time of year. Baseball started. Dude. It did. It got uh
1: it, it got pretty. I don't know. It was pretty exciting. It was pretty exciting in a couple of the games. And a couple of them tech just seemed to do whatever
0: they wanted. <laughs> yeah, they uh they uh well, in a couple of games needed some some comeback bats and runs. Uh specifically today, Monday, there was a there's a walk-off win, first walk-off of the season, but it's okay, man, wins a win. Saturday, Sunday though, those were pretty big uh results in terms of the spread there. I mean, dang, they were averaging 10 runs a game. I guess they they still kind of are, right? They scored nine today. So over the weekend, the four-game series, it was, uh, what is that, 37, 30? I I can't do that math that quick. 30, 39, yeah, sorry, 39 runs in four games. So uh, the offense this weekend was humming. It wasn't just big bats and home runs. Uh, it wasn't small ball. Like you see, you know, you get a guy on, steal a base, bunt him over, um, your lineup was able to just move guys around, hit the ball over the yard, some out of the yard, which was exciting to see, but it wasn't just a bunch of home runs, which I'm glad that that's not the only source of offense, but we'll get to that in a little bit. We've also got basketball. Uh, we didn't do an instant reaction on Saturday, but they keep winning, Michael. I know what's this about? Uh they are they won three in a row. They've won five of their last seven. Five of their last seven. They are not the lowest ranked tech uh Big Twelve team in Haslametrics metrics anymore. They uh absolutely needed the the win on the road to keep their postseason hopes alive. I think um With the remaining schedule, you couldn't lose. You really couldn't stand to lose uh, a couple of games. So, winning on the road at West Virginia certainly helps. Um, You got a big one, obviously, tomorrow night, Tuesday night at Oklahoma. Then you got TCU at home at Kansas and then hosting Oklahoma State. Just the four games left, but. Uh, you need basically all of them. Uh, you can probably stand to lose the one on the road at Kansas without it really hurting you all that bad. But anyways, we'll get into all that. Uh, didn't think we'd be in this position. And again, I think we said it last time, like it's great to see the team winning. It's actually a little, also a little frustrating. They're like, well, where was this earlier? Pop Isaacs was back, uh, came off the bench on Saturday Amac had himself an unusual day, but still had a double double.
1: Yeah, super productive and interesting way to get a double
0: double. <laughs> but we'll get into that in just a little bit too. Um, another uh, high profile victory for former Red Raider and Mac McClung. Wow! So all kinds of good stuff. You you also had um I don't I, well I'll get there in a second. So. Let's, uh, let's, let's jump in and start with baseball. Uh, before we do that, though, I need to remind everybody this episode, episode 336 of the 23 Personal Podcast is brought to you by Sports Drink, your digital water cooler. Sports Drink is a newly formed internet community that brings the intersection of sports and not sports. They're here to help us grow and to hate on your favorite team. Check them out online or on social. Go to sportsdrink.org or Instagram at sportsdrink. Spelled like sports drink, but without the vowels. All he asks is that you close the door behind you. We're trying not to let the funk out. Michael, baseball. Yes. Let's do it, man. Rip it. Left field. Well struck. Deslonee picks it up on a bounce. He's racing for second throw. Out in second. some time because all the tools are there.
1: Wow, this one launched
0: deep left off the battle warren and into the bleachers. There he goes and the pitches driven and deep to Right, uh, we mentioned a little earlier, but Texas Tech is four and on the season. Took a, a perfect sweep of the week on the weekend over the Gonzaga Bulldogs. Um, excited to see that those results over this weekend because uh, Gonzaga is not a Western Illinois type of team, which we'll be seeing this weekend. Uh, there were a lot of good teams uh, playing this weekend, uh, but you got a good solid opponent uh, able to you know willing to come on the road and take you on and love I'm, I'm sure maybe not love that more not that difficult to get somebody down from Washington state but Gonzaga is not a a slouch there they are picked to win uh they're projected to win their west coast conference uh wanted to go over the the starters opening states there were a couple of surprises there um but uh, just going around the horn, you had uh, Kyle Robinson, your starting pitcher on Friday, did struggle a little bit, um, was relieved there by Brendan Gerton, who just had an absolutely fantastic performance. He ended up actually being named Big 12 Pitcher of the Week. Uh, spoiler alert, Texas Tech took t- two of the three Big 12 honors weekly honors. Um, Kyle Robinson could still be... Uh, a big piece for your rotation, but maybe there was some opening date jitters, but plenty of time in the season to get that that straightened out. But Brennan Gerton, my goodness, uh, was fantastic in relief there. Hudson White was the starter behind the plate, which I think we were all pretty uh, pretty sure of there. Um, Gavin Cash at first, Austin Green at second, Tracer Lopez at short. We were not sure what that. uh, second and shortstop rotation may look like. Uh, We talked about it possibly being Austin Green and Will Burns uh, with Tracer Lopez being in there somewhere. Tracer actually started uh, at least three of the games this weekend, if not all four. I don't know if he got the start today, Um, but as a true freshman, man, he, he, he shined out there. Third base, Kevin Bazell, he started all four games there. We talked about uh, there possibly being some rotation. If, if Hudson White wasn't playing, he may play first base. Gavin Cash did not come off the bag. He was there all weekend. Uh, there was some rotation behind the dish. Um, when it wasn't Hudson White, you did get... Um, oh, my gosh. I'm blanking on his name. I know Maxie started behind behind home today on Monday. Um
1: Bazell?
0: No, it wasn't Bazell. Why? Because I didn't write it down in the, in the notes. Yeah, I did. Anyways. Uh, Ty Coleman was your DH all weekend. Um, was lifted as a pinch runner and then a one, one, one at bat for Ryan Brougham. Um, He did really well. Cade McGar did come in for a little bit uh, in the infield. Uh, Nolan Hester started every day in left field. Uh, we had thought Dylan Carter was going to be your center fielder. Your starting center fielder was actually Gage Harrelson, and he was fantastic this weekend. We'll get to stats here in a little bit. And then Owen Washburn out and right. Um, man, this 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 lineup, this team uh, has a lot to be excited about. Um, your you're starting pitching rotation, you did Kyle Robinson on Friday, but then you did go to uh out of the pen. Um, he gave you six. And then you got Josh Sanders who I said last week was injured. I, I was falsely equivalent equivalent. Uh, I was given a false equivalency there between Sanders being injured when I was, when I, I really meant, um, Travis Sanders, the infielder. Uh, and mm. I, I marked both Sanders on the roster as being injured. Um, and then who, who came in last Friday night? Uh, Let's see. I guess I can oh, I up have a box pulled score. Up. Well, it was Sanders. So, so yeah, then it, it was Robinson, Gert, and Sanders. Sanders uh, yeah. on on Friday. Saturday, my goodness, you got a gem out of Mason Molina. Um, let me pull that up really quickly. Um, Molina went five innings, gave up only one hit, no runs, three walks, seven strikeouts. There was a stretch there, uh, going back to when Gurton came in, uh, all the way until Jace Lopez, which was your third pitcher on Saturday, uh, that Gonzaga had two hits and no runs over like a game and a half of innings. It was just ridiculous because Molina went five innings. Gerton had six. um, Sanders had one, so that's 12 innings. Tabor Fast had 12. So, yeah, you had 14 innings. Consecutive innings where Gonzaga had a combination of like two hits, no runs. Uh, Jace Lopez came in uh, following Tabor Fast. He only lasted an inning, went one inning, four hits, three runs, all earned. Uh, but at that point the game was was pretty well in hand, and then Zane Petty closed it out. Well, I I say closed. He was your your final pitcher Saturday night, Saturday afternoon. Uh gave an inning, no hits, one strikeout. Um, Sunday, like I as much praise as I was like heaping on uh Mason Molina, Bo Blessy, maybe that dude. <laughs> <laughs> like the if 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 you get a weekend rotation of Brendan Girton. Mason Molina and Bo Blessey like you could be setting yourself up for sweeps if they if they pitched the way they did this weekend and 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 I know that's that's uh, that's asking a lot to have that kind of performance um, every weekend but maybe it's not because this was their first time to take the field this year right like they may get better but Sunday Bo Blessey only went six innings and threw 66 pitches. There was a time there where uh, Gonzaga was on their second pitcher who had thrown more pitches than Blessy did. Their first pitcher, um, Bradley Mullen, went 80 pitches, three in a third inning. Jacob Rutherford came in for Gonzaga, and he went 73. The two of them combined to go seven full innings and 153 pitches between them. Bo Blessie went six innings, so one fewer inning, In sixty six pitches,
1: yeah, he averaged the number of, you know, you know what the number pi is three point one four. Uh huh. That's how many
0: pitches per batters he faced. Yeah, and there was a stretch there. Uh, Unfortunately, I I think it was like his second or third inning. Um, he got the first two batters out on four pitches. Like, could he do a five pitch inning? (laughs) <laughs> and then, like the next guy, went like nine pitches deep. But like I said, he finished the day sixty-six pitches and six innings. So he, you know, eleven pitches per inning. Which, my goodness, he, he could have gone a lot further. Uh, I think one thing that may have hurt him is the offense for Texas Tech kept them on the field for a long time. And so there were there were some long stretches between uh, Blessy being out on the on the mound. Uh, and I know they were they're trying to do some some limited pitch counts to start the season. I think it was eighty or something. But he hit sixty-six. Andrew Devine came in, went a full inning, gave up one hit, one walk, one strikeout. Uh, Ryan Free and Ethan Coombs went the final two innings. They combined three hits, three runs. Uh, only one of those runs was earned. Um, but, man, blow, blow. Bo Blassie on Sunday was fantastic. And then um, you had already gone through five of your other six, air quote, starting pitchers that you had heard from uh, Tadlock on the weekend. So the last guy standing essentially was, um, turned parish. Uh, and he went just three and two thirds, five hits, three runs, one earned two walks, two strikeouts. Um, but the, the type of game that you had today, Gonzaga was throwing everything out there not to get swept. Uh, and you just went toe for toe. You kept coming back. You kept taking the lead. um, Finally you, you did end up winning the game. Um, but you went Trenton Parrish to to start the game. Uh Brandon Beckel came out to go two full innings, no hits, no runs, one walk, two strikeouts. Beckel's gonna be a uh, a big piece coming out of the, the bullpen for you as well. Garrett Crowley went a third of an inning. Uh unfortunately gave up three hits and two runs. Josh Sanders made his second appearance on the weekend. He went two more innings. And then Damian Bravo, your two way player, he did he get did get some time in right uh, right field over the weekend, but did come out of the bullpen here for the save and ultimately the win uh, as he was the pitcher of record when Texas Tech walked it off. He went one inning, no hits, no runs, one walk, three strikeouts. So he struck out the side um, on 18 pitches. Offensively, uh, when you score 39 runs in four games, like there's not much to be all that upset about there were some guys that had not a great start to the season. Um, but I will say that like you, you had guys that were a little slow coming out of the gate last year. And I was thinking namely Hudson white. Um, and he ended up having just a fantastic season, especially when you consider his, his performance in big 12 play. Um, but dude, dude, Gavin Cash had himself a weekend at the plate, and I, I don't think it was a surprise. But Cash is batting, granted, through four games, 692 with an o- OPS, which is on base plus slugging of 1953. So 1.953. The next highest player on that OPS is uh, with enough at bats to kind of register that, Nolan Hester. Also, pretty dang good. One point three three six. Um, Cash got four starts, thirteen at bats. He is uh, he was a little bit lower on the the batting order this week. I think he was fifth or sixth in the order. Uh, so he's got thirteen at bats. Uh, Gage Harrelson leads the team right now in seven with seventeen at bats. Ty Coleman at fifteen. He had himself a day on Sunday. He went five for five, mm-hmm. where he had five yeah. hits. Um, Kevin Bazell, Austin Green have fourteen. And then Gavin Cash has 13. But Cash on the weekend, he scored four runs, nine hits in his 13 at-bats, hit two triples, a home run, eight RBI, 16 total bases. His slugging percentage is 12-31 and four walks. There was a stretch there uh, going into Saturday, like mid-game Saturday, where he hadn't been retired yet. He had reached base safely in every at-bat that was registered there was a sacrifice fly which didn't go against his at bat uh count in that and that stretch but it was still a productive at bat uh and then i think as as the broadcast team was talking about it, like he hadn't been retired he he struck out or something um but he he finished with only 3 strikeouts on the weekend i i say only when the dude is batting almost 700 through four games and he was a starter for all four of those games um that's just insane Ty Coleman also had himself a weekend. He's, you know, you've got four batters over 400 that were in your starting lineup this weekend. Ty Coleman's won him 467, uh, 15 at-bats, five runs, seven hits, three doubles, six RBIs, uh, slugging percentage of 667, one walk, one hit by pitch, three strikeouts. Nolan Hester, 455. Gage Harrelson, your true freshman center fielder, uh he's hitting four twelve. Tracer Lopez three seventy five, Kevin Bazell, three fifty seven, uh, Austin Green, two eighty six, Hudson White, two twenty-two. So uh, and then Owen Washburn. Um he's the one that uh, has really been struggling. He he went 0 for this weekend, 0 for twelve. So he saw as a zero on his uh batting average there. And it's one of those guys I think could, can certainly bounce back, but if yeah, not, well, though, I was
1: listening to when I was listening today it was he was over eleven, and I think they were just kind of willing and hoping that he would, you know, kind of break the seal this weekend. But not yet. It's coming though.
0: Yeah, and 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 I mean, you want the guy to be able to to recover and 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 get out of the slump. But uh, if not, there there are guys that can stand out there in right field uh, that can certainly hit, you know hit the ball. But what you saw last year from Owen Washburn, it's not the same guy. So. This is this is an anomaly in my mind. Uh, other guys that had great weekends, uh, you saw Dylan Maxey come in for for quite a bit. Will Burns, uh, your walk on quarterback <laughs> for the football yeah, team, very interesting story um, there. Did well. Damian Bravo, Damian Bravo, played some right, and then got the win today on the mound. Dylan Carter did come in. You did see Jared Curtis, Drew Woodcox. We talked about on his re return, coming back, transferring back in from Rice. Ryan Brome got some play out there too, um, but man, this this was an, ex- an exciting weekend of baseball. You got to see just a little bit of everything. You got to see some power. Got to see some some contact hitting. Um, just guys, you know, keeping the lineup rolling. Um, again, yeah, it, against a, a a not bad Gonzaga team, right. And and in that vein,
1: I have some questions for you, Spencer. This is this is going to be the ask Spencer <laughs> section of of the baseball portion of the 23 personal podcast and I promise I won't say it that long next time. So anyway, I'm going to ask you a few things. So, first off, who surprised you the most this weekend?
0: Um does, like are you looking for like a position group cuz I I if we're looking at a, not, a specific not, player, okay, specific? I'm thinking of a
1: specific player, yeah. Like, even someone who went in, you went into this into the season expecting, oh, you know, he's going to have a good year, but then you saw them play and go, went, wow, that's even better than I thought. Or just somebody that came out of nowhere.
0: Uh, I mean, there's so many different ways you can take this. It's like we thought Gavin Cash would be pretty good, but this weekend was just ridiculous. Uh, that seems that's a pretty good answer. Ty Coleman is your DH for a reason. <laughs> um, I mean, for him to hit almost 500 on the weekend and have like a five hit game. Um, Nolan Hester stepping in and, and taking that every day starting lot, that, that, um, that leadoff spot, true freshman Gabe Harrelson could also be up there. Um, I mean, it would be one of those guys. If we're talking about the, the guys in the field, um, If if I was going to give you, like, a position group, it would have to be, like, the starting pitchers, and I'm going to put Brennan Girton in there as a starter. Because, like, I know it's four games. But seriously, if you roll out a molina gerton Blessy weekend rotation, you are going to mow some people over. So. Which is great. I
1: mean, that was... What, would you say that was the biggest issue on last year's team? It well, was, so, was well, consistent, you know, a, a consistent three games of pitching.
0: Right. So you you had pretty good starters on Friday, Saturday. Sure. Uh, and then it was like a crapshoot of what you're going to get on Sunday. Um, your bullpen wasn't great last year. Uh, they they were really good this weekend. You had a, a couple of, of, of question marks. But again, like it's hard to be too critical on, on one weekend. All right, or for sorry for opening weekend um guys just now seeing other teams um so like pitching in general I'd say is a lot so far is improved over last season. Um but if you if you have legit starters for every weekend game that's gonna set you up a whole lot better than you were last year. What you know which will allow you to improve your week day, your, your midweek starters. Cause I think you really had lo- like, you know, you found guys over the season last year that I was able to step into a starters role. Um, Tim Tadlock coming into the season said you had six legit starters, uh, and Kyle Robinson, like I said, could f- figure that out. And I, I would expect him to, and maybe it's not a weekend spot for him. But like if he's like your Tuesday guy and he's going five innings and 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 giving up a a hit and a run, maybe, uh, which is, you know, obviously an improvement over, over what you got on Friday, because it was a little bit shorter appearance. Um, and then you get a, a a Tabor fast or a uh a Trendon Parish as like, you know, your second midweek guy. I mean, my goodness, like your your staff could just be like just ridiculous. I I, I have not enough great things to say. If you lock down like three quality starts over the weekend, that really, really, really improves everything else. with your staff, you're able to go to your, your great bullpen guys, you, you can move out some of your long relievers and have them start or move them to like a, a midweek starter role. Um, or you can just play with the luxury of like having a really quick hook, like you know, like like you saw on Friday, like Kyle Robinson just didn't have it, went to Girton, Girton did, man. He. That's a good point. Did. You don't
1: have to keep guys out there just because. Well, it's all we we're have running out. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And and so you know, kind of piggybacking on that, you, you know, do you think? Because I, I remember seeing these takes, and I think they were. Realistic. I think we started making fun of the people who did it, but weren't there people calling for a new pitching coach last year?
0: <laughs> yeah, and and, and the, there were certainly times last season that you were like, you're just confused about what, what, what the state of the pitching staff was in um, because, you know, you had two great starters. Um, you know, you had Molina, you had... Uh, it wasn't even Molina all of last season, but it was, you know... Why am I blanking on this? Who are your starters? You know, I can't, you know I'm not going to be any help. Bertzel and Morris. My goodness. So yeah, you, you, go. you had those guys, and they were just nails. Um, but then like Sunday was a crap shoot. You did get a lot of innings. Uh you got 57 two-thirds from Mason Molina last year, only 17 from Gerton. Uh, you got you got a lot from Chase Hampton. Um Trenton Paris through quite a bit before he got hurt. Um Derek Bridges was, was one of your key guys coming out of the pen. But yeah, like past Birdsell, who had just ridiculous he was two seventy five ERA on the year. Uh, as one of your starters. I mean, he went nine and three. Andrew Morris went eight and two. Um, I mean it was just it was just stupid. you were, but like you just were so thin there. Um your, if you included Gerton as a starter, which which I, I have all, all season, all three of those guys, Blessy, Molina, and Gerton, all have a zero ERA, all have less than a one and WHIP, which is walks, is basically how many guys get on base per inning. Uh, obviously, they they all have wins under their belt. They've all given up just one hit a piece. Uh, walks a little bit higher th- than you would uh, you would hope. Blessy has four. Molina has three. Girton has two. Um, strikeouts are, are, are okay. Blessy has four. Molina has seven. Girton has six. Um, batting averages for all three of them start with a zero point zero Oof. something. So like, just it was just ridiculous. Again, it was it's it's the very first game, right? Like you know, it's bound to happen. One of these guys will get touched up, and their ERA will will balloon to a three. And you're like, oh, what the hell is going on? <laughs> um, we can't have this. But like again, like if that happens, you turn to guys like Josh Sanders or Beckel, uh, Divine, Parrish, even or Fast out of the bullpen. I mean, like these guys are like okay you've got 3 starters that have 0 ERAs 7 relievers with 0 ERAs these, like these are guys that were in 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 games this weekend um didn't give up a run uh which is just huge so well i
1: i wanted to ask you another one so kind of opposite of of, of what we went through about who surprised you or who impressed you the most this weekend which player did you not or did which player did not see the field as much as you expected? Like, was there, was there a guy that you thought, okay, well, he's for sure going to be out there a lot? Or was there, was there anybody that you just kind of wanted to see more of or were surprised that you didn't see them very much?
0: So I think part of that has to do with, um, uh, with, with seniority, but having, having the, the competition behind him would be Dylan Carter. Uh, we'd heard like he was the best defensive center fielder on the team and maybe even in the conference. Um, and he played maybe five innings in the field this weekend. Uh, he did come in, uh, as a pinch hitter and then like a defensive replacement after that. But, you know, Gage Harrelson, I think had, had obviously so much more to say about that. Um, with his bat batting four twelve. um, Carter only had two at bats on the weekend. Um, he played in three games, only two at bats, still hitless so far, um, but did walk once and struck out the other two times. Um, I thought there would be maybe a little bit more of a rotation for opening weekend uh, around the, the infield, uh, you know, whether it was moving Hudson White out to first a little bit. Uh, which maybe or probably he won't do it all. Uh, I mean, with you with Gavin Cash, my goodness, um, it's gonna be hard to, hard to take him off. Nolan Hester played and started all four of the, the games out in center. Sorry, left. Harrelson started all four games in center. Um, Austin Green started and played and started all four games. Um, so I I, I just I I think there was. I thought there would be a little bit more, more rotation and tinkering from Tadlock. Um, But it felt like he was pretty locked in to the guys um, that he rolled with in game one, obviously open it up to guys as, as games are going to out of hand, but I I, I thought there'd be a little bit more rotation and I'm I'm okay. If there's not, I understand that you kind of have to figure out the best lineup and the best opportunity to get your, your team wins. Uh, Do you know that you have to balance out like the locker room and you know, you've got guys here that are, expecting playing time that transferred in wanting playing time or came back to play more for you. And you know, you have to figure out how that all works out, but it seemed like a, a pretty tight rotation for week one. And, and and maybe it'll open up a little bit when your competition drops down a little bit next weekend against Western Illinois, but we'll see. I have, I have one more. Yeah, let's do it. So
1: I, th- I think you've, you may have already answered this one. It sounds like you're pretty excited about the pitching, but I'm going to ask it anyway. And I'm going to I'm just going to say who has you the most excited. Um, you know, on offense,
0: pitching, and defense. Well, you, I didn't. It may have have had to do some with the weather this weekend. it was not in great weather. It was a little windy, uh, and not in the way that it really helped balls travel. Out of the yard. Uh, you hit four home runs on the weekend. I expected probably a little bit more than that, but um man, I like most excited about would be Gavin Cash and Gurton or Blessy. Like watching Blessy pitch on Sunday, his pace, his command, everything about it. I was like, that dude is intimidating as hell on the mound. <laughs> <laughs> and I would not want to go against him, and that's that's been the, uh, the what we heard uh, coming out of you know spring practice and or whatever we're gonna call it. Um, you know, he and Ty Coleman are are roommates, and and they played together before. And he, he had been asked, and I, I think even by Keith Patrick of uh, Dinger Derby, is like who is who is who's the guy you don't want to go against on the mound? He said Blessy. He's like he he is a just a beating to go against. And you saw it happen against the opposition. You just love to see it. So offensively in the field, or whatever Gavin cash, such a bright spot, especially as a young guy uh, to take over that, you know, first base. He, he may have a little flair for the theatrics. I don't know if every play at first requires a stretch that he did, but he stretched out for all of them. Reminds me of a, of a first baseman that played for Texas, the Rangers, uh, a few years ago, and I'm blanking on his name, but he always went and did like ridiculous, like splits when he 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 stretched out for uh, you know, to 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 pick a throw, um. But, offensively, man, that was that was fantastic, and then obviously, Blessy on the mound was just awe inspiring. He he looks like he's about to.
1: He's about to step on the home plate or something. Yeah, I mean, he, he just, he just stretches dude. out that far. <laughs> it, a- it just kind of feels like I, I could see what you are saying about being, you know, well, the, the mustache alone is intimidating along with the flow. But just having someone who just seems that aggressively coming at you <laughs> while throwing 90 something miles an hour at the same time.
0: Yeah, and his, pretty good. His, his pitching mechanics, his, his, um, his wind-up or whatever, it's compact and it's fast. So like there's very little movement, and then this ball just explodes out of his hand. Um, the fastball in the mid to lower 90s, and then just the breaking ball that like made people look absolutely stupid. Um, <laughs> I can't remember if it was he or Molina. It was probably multiple guys. Uh, I, I, I think it was Blessy. He had a batter buckle. Like his knees buckled on a ball that ended up middle of the plate. It was like, like, is a breaking ball that came in. What do I, what, what do I do? Batter thought it was coming at him. He's like, he just couldn't decide whether he needed to get out of the way or if he was swinging. Knees buckled. Ball ends up middle, middle, and he's just like stared at it. Like, damn it, that was. I, I'm embarrassed. <laughs> it was. It was beautiful. <laughs> so
1: <laughs> that's it. That so ends the Ask Spencer. All right.
0: I, I'm probably section of this week's podcast. Probably not the best for that, but uh one, I I I, I love baseball. I, I've been so so excited, ready for this to come back. Um you know, the the lower preseason ranking uh and just having all all the new guys, there's a little bit of apprehension, like, you know, how good are we? And again, I like just what like, reminds everyone it's it's one week, one weekend, first weekend, just four games. Um, there's a lot to be excited about with this team. So you'll get to see him again, four games this weekend against Western Illinois, the Leathernecks, which is a, just a terrific, terrific mascot. Um, I thought you were going to say terrible. And I, I was oh, go. No. Oh, okay, good. <laughs> I was going to reach through this screen. The Leathernecks, they uh, they had a rough outing uh, this this weekend. They went one and three against... Southern Indiana. Um, but this weekend you'll get them Friday, Saturday, Saturday, Sunday. You get them twice on Saturday. Um they've got a couple of, of of guys that, you know, on when they step in the box, you need to be aware of Nick Mitchell will be one of them. Uh he's batting six twenty-five. So very much like Gavin Cash, four four games, four starts, sixteen at bats. Tied for the team lead, excuse me. Four runs, ten hits, two two doubles, a home run, three RBIs. Um, his OPS doesn't touch Gavin Cash. It's only 1667, whereas Cash's is 19. But uh, Nick Mitchell, somebody to be uh, to be aware of, uh, he is an outfielder for the Leathernecks. Um, and then Jake Allgayer. I'm probably messing that up. He's an infielder. Uh, he's also batting a clean 500 with a 1600 OPS and four at-bats. Uh scored one run, six hits, three doubles, a home run, knocked in four RBI. Um, and that's basically it in terms of guys at the plate that, that that can do damage for the leathernecks. Everybody else has a two fifty or below batting average. Uh, you got one guy that has one at bat, he one hit for one at bat. So he's a, you know, a thousand. Um, but with one at bat, I'm 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 discounting that a little bit. As a team, they're batting two forty six, Texas Tech, uh again they, they played a lot more you know they had a lot more guys see time at the plate uh as a team they're batting 328 um but defensively I, I do want to go back to the pitching staff they held gonzaga to batting 188 on the weekend um the leathernecks like i said batting 246 uh with four home runs and 13 rbi they uh they they just don't they don't they don't have the the talent the depth to to really scare you this weekend. Um, but you got them this weekend another four game series. So I'll be interested to see how that rotation works out. If you if you get a similar rotation or if Kyle Robinson finds another role or if Tadlock says, "Hey, you know let's let's let's, let's go again," um, you know I I wouldn't hate to see him him having an, another shot at it. Uh, because you know, you, there will be weeks, uh, like this next week that you will play a bunch of games. Um, uh, you've got four games this weekend and then you have a, a midweek next week, Tuesday, Wednesday, uh, against air force. So you'll need a lot of starting pitching, uh, to, to get you through that. But, um, yeah, so I, I would expect another good weekend, uh, out of the Red Raiders here at home as a host West Illinois, then, Tuesday, Wednesday, the 28th, and March 1st, hosting Air Force, which could be a pretty good little matchup. And then that weekend, you're down in Houston for the Shriners Children's College Classic at Minute Maid, the Juice Box, Friday versus Rice, Saturday versus Michigan, Sunday versus AM. So you've got, I would say, six tune up games till you get to a, a pretty good little tournament there. Again, great opportunity to flex your muscles to to showcase your talent your depth uh and to really be fine tuning everything because conference play isn't that far off but once you get in it man like your first 3 conference series for baseball will determine uh you know well they'll be against the the, the top half of the conference right um because you get Oklahoma state who is picked First in the conference, you get a road series at Texas, uh, and then you get a return, you know, home home games against TCU, who was picked second. So you you basically get one, two, and four uh, in the Big Twelve, where, where Texas Tech is 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 picked to finish third in the conference. Um, so by the that first weekend in April, you will have played the top half of the conference.
1: I had a question, do you think there is any chance that this Texas and AM game does not happen? It just seems like as much as the SEC has fought having A&M play Tech and anything ever that something something could come up. I'm just I'm just trying to to be ahead of it, just in case, <laughs> just in case something comes up, you know, they had to get back because of whatever reason.
0: Well, that, that long road trip home from, broke down. from Houston, man, it's going to be, yeah. it's going to be a, a struggle for them to make it home on time. They,
1: they rode bicycles there and, you know, someone stole all their bikes and so they had to leave early to go buy new bikes. I, I don't know. I, I just, I'm, I'm hoping that it happens. I'm looking forward to that one
0: well I, I i would I would point to you know while they are uh ones to drop games because of RPI uh concerns later in the season this isn't an opportunity for them to cancel a game <laughs> to, to do that um, it's the opposite it's too early and we're, we're too good for that to happen but your the schedule for that weekend is not the greatest um you play Friday morning at eleven, Saturday morning at eleven and then you get the last game on Sunday at seven. Which may or may not start on time. Maybe maybe may, may a little delayed. So you can have a big gap between your Saturday and Sunday games, but you got two eleven a.m. games. Um, again, it's 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 a great opportunity to play in in a, in a major league ballpark to play teams you wouldn't normally play. You know, you would see teams that you would see in like regionals or beyond. Um, early on, before you you really have to to buckle down for for conference play.
1: Yeah, and check into your, you know, probably your great uncle would have the AT&T Uverse Direct TV package cuz that's the way to watch it because this um those 3 games will be on AT&T SportsNet Southwest which I am learning right now is a thing. There's also fubo TV. A way to Yeah, fubo TV which f- is not the same as Fubu. which took me a while to or or, it's fubo is not fubu nor is it Tubi, but it is (laughs) a place that you can watch this game also it says it's streamed nationally on astros.com so maybe fire up the old laptop and you can just go to astros.com and watch yeah i I, might be able to have it on a tv or something but that that would be fantastic if you could just do that but who knows that's probably some
0: sort of fee as well I, i was about to say i i wonder if that stream would be free I know. We'll see. I could see it being free because it's
1: on a laptop or as opposed to your Roku or your Xbox for some reason that has to be done differently. But, man, I don't know. I can pull up a web browser on my Xbox, so that's kind of a nice feature of stuff like that. You might give that a shot.
0: But before you get there, you got four games this weekend versus Western Illinois. If you needed anything, any other incentive to get out there, man, this team is exciting to watch on the mound, at the plate, um, early season returns, all look good, man. So you got four games this weekend, two next week, Tuesday, Wednesday versus Air Force. Uh, and then you get this great opportunity to see them up against some, you know, great teams, Rice, Michigan, A&M, before we hit conference play. But, ooh. Uh, let's, uh, let's transition over to basketball, because there's lots of things to be excited about for, for basketball right now, too. I right. Okay. Sorry. I say lots. There's some excitement and some positivity there were not that long ago we were talking about how apathetic we were we were getting with the basketball <laughs> team. <today>. So <laughs> Yeah. All right, let's get to basketball. Here comes Stevenson Spins. Out oh! 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 and he's stuck back by the oh! freshman sensation Smith. Pass over the top of Cornick and across.
1: Crossover, and the lob Owens!
0: Now the shot clock is at three. Mooney spins, fires. Oh, he got it to go! Edwards with a three. Good! What a shot, Kyler Edwards! Ready doubled into three. Oh, who puts it down! ready Odiasi! throws it in! Shot clock down to five. Got the screen. Here's a three. Good! Colbert got the separation. Oh. Time. Dagger! Over with the dish. <laughs> Odeasse! And one he can tie it at the line. That's it. There's a new member of the Final Four Club. And they hit from Lubbock, Texas. All right, we'll start off with uh Mac McClung and, and the all-star break this weekend. I guess, yeah, just two days ago. We mentioned yep. a few weeks ago that. He would be the first ever G-Leaguer to enter the slam dunk contest. Did not disappoint. Man came out on top, won the whole dang thing. Yes, didn't miss
1: a dunk. He completed his dunks on his first attempt every time. I think he got perfect scores on every one of them but one, which a lot of people were really upset that 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 happened. (laughs) Um, And I think it was off by one point. He jumped over two people.
0: Yeah, I saw that Have you one. seen these? I, I saw the last one where, where he, there was a, it was, like, it was like a 720 or I don't even know. Yeah. So Not I quite, I saw that one and I saw the one where he took the ball off of somebody's shoulders who was sitting on somebody else's shoulders. Yes. Uh, jumped over both of them. Um, and then,
1: and then as, as if that wasn't enough, he got the ball and he like dabbed it. Yeah, he tapped it off the, the backboard yeah on the little styrofoam stuff at the bottom of the backboard before he dunked it just to kind of prove oh yeah i've got i've got enough time up here i could you know i could knit a sweater up here just my hang time is incredible so i'm just going to take this ball yeah yeah you know jump over a couple of people then just toss it in it was nuts couldn't believe it actually i i mean i i could but i couldn't because i knew he was He had a really good chance of winning and what, what he, um, (laughs) you know, people like to see guys that look like Mac McClung who can jump out of the gym. That's very interesting for people. And so that helps his, uh, you know, his ability to, you know, get the high scores and everything, but he's got the, the juice to back it up. You know, yeah. um,
0: mm-hmm.
1: I just, I, I, at the same time I could and could not believe what I was seeing him do. It was, it was nuts and the, and the nonchalant way in which he was doing it and able to do it on the first try each time. I think that's really hard to grasp how difficult that
0: is. Yeah. So let's turn anyway, to the Red I was, basketball I was pumped. Team. Yeah. Let's, <laughs> let's, let's, let's focus there for a minute because, uh, They've only quietly now won four conference games. Um, They're 4-10, and so it's not, you know, not fantastic. Not a great record. I'm not not sitting here trying to say that it is. However, they did. They've beaten Iowa State, Texas, Kansas State, now West Virginia. So three of the top teams in the conference, um, you know, Hindsight, Kansas State did falter a little bit there, and and but at the time that, that Texas Tech, Tech beat them, it wasn't looking so bad. Um, so those are great, great wins. The win on the road there for uh, this past weekend against West Virginia was was really big. Um, early on, it felt like Stevenson was gonna just absolutely ignite and just burn the gym down shooting from threes. Uh, it seemed like for for quite a bit of that game, you were kind of struggling to cover him but Tyson came out oh my dude, gosh and dropped 27 like I didn't I didn't know he had it in him
1: one of the most efficient 27s that you'll see what was he 15 no 11 of 15 shooting 11 15 3 three
0: of four and only on only part. shot three free throws yeah. um did finish with five rebounds so A little ways off from a double-double, but 27 points, five rebounds, a block, and a steal. No turnovers, no fouls in 36 minutes, which is saying something playing against West Virginia. My gosh. Um, Amac, your third. He was your third leading scorer with 14 points, 33 minutes. He was out there a bunch. At one point, Michael, he was 0 for 11 from the field. 0 for 2 from 3, uh, but perfect. 10 of 10 from the stripes. So that's where he got his first 10 points, then got then got a couple of, of, of putbacks in to get to his 14 points. Did get 12 rebounds. Um, no blocks, but did did record a steal. Harmon came back down to earth a little bit, 13 points. O'Banner only had four. Walton was a starter, but had zero in ten minutes. Um That felt like it was he was kind of there to to let Isaac's kind of get a feel for the game and not not, not be thrown in there as a starter. Isaac's played twenty nine minutes and put up fifteen point six of ten. He looked, I mean, for his first game back, pretty good. Um, Yeah, and first game back in Morgantown.
1: It's not like (laughs) he got to come. Not a good environment. He got to come to you know to, to the USA and you know slap hands with everybody and have a have a good game. He he had
0: to go to Morgantown. So Texas Tech was, uh, you know, in games against West Virginia, especially there in Morgantown, they they, they typically get a little more handsy, a little frisky, a little uh, a lot of whistles. This weekend, uh, they had thirteen fouls. West Virginia had fourteen. So only twenty seven. low. <laughs> only twenty seven. Where we we've seen games hit fifty fouls. Yes, we've seen Texas multiple Tech, times Texas Tech West Virginia games get to fifty.
1: I think it was 48 or 47 last game. So, yeah, we've
0: seen 27 fouls and a half. Yeah. Easy. Um, Stevenson for for West Virginia finished with 27 points. He had two guys in this game score 27 points apiece, which is just ridiculous on 36 in 36 minutes, 9 from 24 21 from the field, 6 3. So, of his nine made shots, six of them were threes and then added three more at the stripe. Nobody like West Virginia only shot nine free throws the entire game. Texas Tech shot nineteen. Um, besides Amac, nobody took more than three free throws, which I think is also
1: ridiculous. It's a it's a really wild game. Uh, it was. You know, Tech had Tech had twenty three fast break points. Uh, West Virginia had eleven, and that's just you know West Virginia turned the ball over, but only a couple more times than Tech. So it. 23 lead changes. Mm-hmm. Um, it was back and forth all afternoon. The entire game. Uh, so, yeah, I I couldn't believe AMAC was able to get a double-double solely off of free throws, basically. <laughs>
0: yeah, well, and rebounds. He, he, had, he had 10 points off the line.
1: But, yeah, to, to see Tyson do what he did, uh, we've seen him have games, maybe not quite like this before, but really impressive outings, uh, you know, to see that. And hopefully see that more consistently, uh, you know, that that's going to be just such a huge help for, you know, O'Banner, you know, trying to make threes on the outside or Isaacs. And of course, Isaac's still, like you said, he came in and shot 50% from three after being out for a month. So,
0: and attention uh, the field. Yeah.
1: I mean, a, a really great day from him. Um, you know, 29 minutes is a lot from the bench. And that really boosts your bench points. You know, it's probably the highest the bench points have been in a while, and that's because Isaacs came off the bench. He was your sixth man this week. Yeah, you had 20 Uh, bench points. He had 15 of them. Yeah, usually you have like eight bench points. So uh, I'm not frustrated by any means because a win is a win. Mm -hmm. That's awesome. It's it's really hard to win in Morgantown. uh, I'm glad they did. And, you know, Texas Tech has – I don't want to jinx anything, but they have another winnable game on the road tomorrow night, Tuesday night up in Norman. Mm-hmm. You know, Oklahoma's 3-11. and 11. Texas Tech could, you know, even their, or, you know, just kind of put Oklahoma firmly in 10th place and uh, help Tech's chances in getting into the tournament. I'm still not really hopeful on that. And, and maybe it's just a defense mechanism, but you know really the way this team's playing you could see them winning 3 out of the next 4 mhm and and i don't know i mean they could potentially upset kansas and then lose to oklahoma state i don't know i don't know what this team's going to do but i mean <laughs> it, logically you'd think 3 out of the next 4 is going to be okay they went on the road in norman they went at home versus tcu on a saturday with a pretty rocking crowd who's, you know, welcoming back their team, who's hopefully by then on a four-game winning streak, and then go to Lawrence, might have a rough day there, and then host Oklahoma State at Stillwater. So you could see that working, but, man, I, I just don't know. I, they may lose by 15 tomorrow and then win the next three by a combined seven points. I, I have no clue.
0: Yeah, I mean, um, I was going to say, arguably, you could say Texas Tech is the hottest team in the Big 12 with a three-game win streak. Kansas has a four-game streak going right now in um, four of those conference games. They've won four in a row. Um, I, I, I would like to point out, if you didn't hear it, everybody, Texas Tech is not in 10th place in the Big 12 conference standing right now. Yep. Yep. <laughs> You've moved off the bottom there. Oklahoma is 3-11, Texas Tech 4-10, West Virginia is 5-10. So just some percentage points there ahead. Um, did they play tonight? Is that where they're at, 15 games? Oh, they did. I'm and they sure won they tonight. Did, yes. Yeah, they they, they won because they, they're, they're at a one-game win streak. Uh, when I, we saw them lose on Saturday. Um, so they either beat Baylor or they beat Iowa State. Well, I guess they could have beaten o- Oklahoma State. Anyways, doesn't matter. Um, this the standings minute are so so wild because not that long ago it was Kansas State up the top and they they seem like they were just the yeah. team to beat. They're eight they're going to run away with it. They had a yes. terrible stretch. Uh, unfortunately for them, um, even with that stretch, they're only two games back. So Kansas is at ten and four. Texas is at ten and four. Baylor. Fired up. They're nine and five. Kansas State, eight and six. Iowa State, who also seemed like they were really, really hot at one point, are eight and six. West Virginia beat
1: Oklahoma State tonight, and Kansas narrowly beat TCU by
0: five. Well, you've got Oklahoma tomorrow, but on the road in Norman. Uh, I did see a tweet from uh, Harmon about being back in Norman. So. Either the oh, return, that's right. the, yeah. the, the return trip's going to be good for him, or it's going to be real bad. Well,
1: I think he <laughs> played out of his mind at home against Oklahoma. If I remember right, I think that was a really good game for him. So, hopefully, that kind of, you know, hopefully that will translate and uh, go with him all the way up to Norman.
0: Yeah. So after after the this little streak you're you're on, um, getting a quick updates on the stats. Ken Palm you, has moved you up to 56th. Previously, you were at 67th. You're, you're still climbing there. Uh, offense up to 74th. Defense climbing back up to 48th. Haslam metrics has you at 54th. 72nd offense, 43rd defense. T-rank, 47th overall. Uh, net rankings is a big jump from 70th up to 54th. Uh, you're 4-9 and nine now in quad one games. 0-3-2. Oh and, three and two. Quad two, excuse me and then 11 and 0 in quad three and four games, um, at the road at, sorry, on the road at Oklahoma, you're facing number 59 has the metrics team. So again, not in last place in the big 12 anymore. Uh, it is a narrow margin projection for Oklahoma, at least in this model, uh, 69, 70, 70 to 67. Um, Oklahoma is shooting 68 and a half percent from the field. They are allowing teams to shoot 68. That net narrow of a margin is not really doing them a lot of good. Whereas you see Texas Tech, that margins um, sorry, those are scoring points, not not percentages. If you were shooting sixty eight percent, my gosh. <laughs> <laughs> they they are scoring sixty eight and a half, allowing teams to score sixty-eight. Uh Texas Tech 74, 68, respectively there. Um you got a little bit what more you're rest- saying
1: stands that margin is still just, it's not going to help you win a lot of games.
0: No, no, not, not, not for the Sooners. Um, shooting wise, Texas tech, 46% from the field, allowing teams to shoot just under 42. Oklahoma's a little bit better offensively, but worse defensively. They shoot 47%, but allow teams to shoot 43. Um, same kind of things. You're narrow spread there on the three points you shoot. They shoot a little bit better at the free throw line than you do. You do out rebound them. Um, you force more turnovers than they do, but you also turn the ball over more than they do. So could be evenly matched. And it could come down to just being, you know, on the road. Um, but got an opportunity to continue to build that resume if you want to have a shot at it at least. Uh, you are starting to get back into those conversations about possibly being a bubble team bubble bubble team games like this one though have to be won to continue that conversation. Otherwise you're going to need to go on a hellacious run in the, in the big 12 tournament to get your shot there. Following that you do come back home uh, this weekend, Saturday at 11am and host TCU over on ESPN two. Again, fairly narrow margin of, about two and a half points in favor of TCU. They are the 14th ranked team according to Hazelmetrics, though. Uh, So that goes to show you how just narrow of a margin that is for big 12 and especially those that are at home versus away. Um, Well, and interesting too, uh, the
1: rest of our games are on ESPN too. So I think the networks are kind of anticipating some eyeballs being on Texas tech to, to see if they can build that resume and can, you know, ultimately make the tournament.
0: Yep. Next week, next Tuesday, you'll be in Lawrence Fog Allen. Uh, it's a pretty comfortable win projection, at least right now as of the 20th for the Jayhawks. No, no surprise there. Um,
1: I thought you're about to say it's a pretty comfortable place to play
0: for the Jayhawks. Yeah. Okay. There you go. They get all the calls there. Mm-hmm. uh i i would be interested uh, and i'm i'm sure there's data on this on number of 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 fouls called and the disparity home versus visitors in certain arenas like mm-hmm. that one's got to be you know a, a pretty good margin for the home team cameron Endor for duke uh rupp arena for for kentucky i'm sure all have a pretty significant home advantage there um and i'm not saying that like it all has to do with just bad officiating because you know, the atmosphere can certainly play a role into getting teams rattled, uh, the visiting teams, especially, but we've seen some really strange calls go in favor of the Jayhawks at home. Uh, and then you wrap up your season the following Saturday. So a week from this Saturday, the second, nope, the fourth, March 4th home versus the Cowboys 5. PM ESPN two. uh, about a, it's 0.3 points favorite there for the Cowboys. But we'll deal with that when we get there. Uh, Got to win the games, you know, next up first. Oklahoma and Norman tomorrow night. TCU on Saturday. Kansas next Tuesday and then Saturday. Only four more basketball games. Regular season basketball games this year. Let me ask you, Michael. Um. What do you, what do you think may happen on this last little stretch here? I, I,
1: I realistically think Tech will go two and two. Um, I'm going to, I'm going to say they win the two at home, uh, and, and the TCU game will be an upset of sorts. Um, even the Oklahoma State game might be one, depending on you know where the projection comes from, but. I see them going two and two. I think they may have some trouble at OU. OU is, uh, you know, they're pretty good at limiting, um, you know, limiting outside shots and stuff. So even if those are falling, that's going to be trouble. But I do think Tech has a chance there. It's just away games have not been their friend this season. So that's kind of where I'm at. I'm going to throw it out there, say that they end up with, uh, where would that put them? So, I mean, six, 6 and 12. 12. Mm-hmm. Okay. You, you know, when we were 0 and 8, 6 and 12 sounded really good. And so, I'm I'm going to take that as a victory if that's what happens. Where are you seeing it? Not a victory. You know what I mean. I'm going right, to take right. it as a... Like, you you had... Like, the first course was really bad, but then... But then the dessert came through and kind of cleansed your palate, and you're like, all right, that's fine. I'm not going to go put a negative review on Yelp because that was some pretty good creme brulee at the end.
0: Yeah, so the... Uh, Steak was well done, but the <laughs> oh, creme no. brulee was pretty good. <laughs> <laughs> the, uh, the pessimist in me says TechStack Tech has a much greater opportunity to go 0-4 than 4-0. Yeah. Um, And maybe even, like, you've got a better chance to go 0-4 than, like, 3-1. and 1. But I've I've seen we've seen this team play at a level where just about every timeout on the court they've got a chance if they play up to that level. Is it sustainable? Probably not. Um, is it okay if you get blown out at Kansas? Yeah, probably. Uh, it won't tank your your last little bit of hope there. Uh, beating Kansas though would do wonders for your resume, but, um, it would have to be more than just that. Yeah. You, 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 you can't go one in three and have the one win be at Kansas. So like, well, you lost yes. three easier games, um, which just would encapsulate just the, the ridiculousness and the frustrations with this it, within this season. If that were the case, you lose at Oklahoma home versus TCU home versus Oklahoma state, but beat Kansas and, and, and Manhattan, not Manhattan. Golly, so that's lords. what you're
1: predicting is going to happen now.
0: No, no, no. I, I, like, I, I, I can easily see two and two. I, my heart says I think you know you got a good shot three and one. Um, I just I don't want to set myself up for, for disappointment and say you, you're going to go three and one, or I, I think you, you can go three and one, and then you finish like one and three. Um, because. Again, the pessimist in me says like, "There's, there's got to be a return to Earth here, or maybe this is the return to Earth. Like this is what you you've been hoping for, um, and you're finally getting all the pieces together and you're you're, you're figuring things out a little bit too late, but you're figuring things out. So, you know what? No, three and one. You win. You win tomorrow. You win your home games. You lose Kansas. I just love that we're twenty
1: seven games into this." Season and we're like, yeah, we don't know, we don't know what this team's going to do. I don't. One think, thing we like, do know,
0: there's nobody. One thing else... we do know is
1: that these guys play really hard. Yep, that's 100 percent factual. No one's arguing that. No one's saying anything like that. The effort is there. It's just a matter of will, will. That effort turn into points? Will it turn into you know defensive turnovers? Will it turn into some stops? Sometimes it does. Sometimes it doesn't.
0: Yeah, I, I, I would think I. I even Kansas or Texas, they've had some head scratchers, right? Like I'm sure Texas didn't consider the possibility that they were going to lose to, to Texas tech the other, the other day. Oh no, um, I,
1: I, I doubt that. Especially in the manner that they did where it was just Texas tech controlled the game for 90% of the time.
0: Yeah. All right. What do you say? We, we wrap this up and, and we talk about what we learned. I'm good. Let's do it. What do we learn, Palmer? I don't know, sir. I don't know either. All right, Michael, what do we learn? For me, baseball, it's back, man. It's exciting. Lots of good things, lots of things to look forward to. Um. But also, like, we were talking about this off uh before we hit record. Um I know I've mentioned it several times. We are days away from the birth of our our third child. Like this will be the last podcast for for a little bit. Um expecting her to be born Thursday of this week. So um things change quickly in this realm <laughs> unpredictably. Oh, yes. Um I'm losing days of work. I'm I'm only complaining about that because I had I I've got so much left to do to be ready for leave and I I I get that like I can just go out and and just have the team take care of everything else. That's what the team is for. I don't want to be that like a burden. And like, hey, you got to finish work because I couldn't get everything done. But yeah, man, we're gonna have a baby. life happens. We're gonna have a baby this week. So that's right. That's right. Uh, well, congratulations. And thanks, and and again, uh, to, to to bring it back to the podcast, I don't know when we'll be back. We'll be on a little bit of a break. I'm not expecting Michael to carry this solo or to be arranging for guests or whatever. Uh, it may be a couple of weeks. We'll see. We'll be in touch. We'll be sharing some, oh, yeah. some baby photos with the the following. But in terms well, of We'll like probably
1: take her. You'll take her to the law this weekend, right?
0: Yeah. Like we'll we'll, we'll go home from the hospital. I mean, you'll be right there. We'll change probably in, in, in some warmer clothes <laughs> uh, and then bring her out to the, the ballpark. Let's yeah. Head Samantha. out to the law. Let's, see the leather necks smother you stay home you, you get some rest uh i got the baby <laughs> get the baby we're taking we're taking the 3 day old to uh
1: to to a baseball game oh yeah well i i don't have anything nearly that profound that i learned um i really should probably just default to what you learned but i can't help myself i'm talking anyway um i learned what a torta is okay what's that Okay, Polybertos. no free ads. Excellent place. There's three of them in Lubbock. There's one on 50th east of university, not far from my office. And so my wife and I have had lunch there a couple of times the past few weeks. And each time I went, I tried something kind of radically different because everything's been so good. And I was like, well, I'm going to get a torta, which to me looked kind of like... um you know, like a taco burger to, to put it in my, the gringoist of terms. Like if you went to Taco Villa or Taco Bueno or whatever and got a taco burger, kind of think of that. Well, anyway, I get up there and I say, okay, I'll take a torta. And she asks if I, if I want ground beef or shredded. And I don't know why that froze me up. It completely froze me up. (laughs) And I looked at my wife and she was like, get shredded. I was like, yeah, okay. "I I was just such an idiot. And so I got shredded. And so on the torta is like refried beans and the the meat and some lettuce and I think guacamole and onion and I think some hot sauce too. Oh, and yeah. it's not like a it's not like a typical hamburger bun either, because the picture, the photo was cropped. And so it's I don't even know what kind of bread this is, but it was. A glorious bit of bread so it was almost like a six or eight inch sub and it was sliced in you know the 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 bread was sliced in the middle and then it was just covered in this wonderful meat and veggies and everything that i just described and cheese and so it was more of like a sandwich than a burger i had no i, I had no clue guys i didn't know what a torta was i'm now so, a huge fan and if you go to Poliberto's, they're like nine dollars And you still get sides with it. It's it's crazy that that amount of food that you get. So what
0: you're saying is how good
1: it is. We've got
0: another entrant to the best burger of Lubbock conversation.
1: Oh well, this is okay. (laughs) We're probably approaching. Someone may get really triggered by this. You know, is a torta a burger? Is that going to offend somebody? Is they're going to be like, no, no, like you know, someone arguing is. Is hot chocolate a soup? That kind of thing.
0: Is a hot dog a sandwich? One of those,
1: one of those in, yeah, intentionally drawn off sides kind of things. But, um, oh, man. Yeah, maybe it is. It's it's up there. If it's if it could technically be called a burger, I think it's more of a sandwich. Okay. Even though a, even though a burger is a sandwich. A burger is a sandwich.
0: It's fine. A torta is a torta. torta is a torta. A hot, That's what I learned. I'll have to try it, man. That uh, sounds you great. Got to. I, I've got an opportunity to go back to Caprock this has This is my second time in like two weeks. I have got a friend. Uh, I've got like a new. I wouldn't say position because that's not that's not really what we what we do. We're like an assignment, really, at church, where I'm I'm one of the the adult leaders of the eight to twelve year old boys. One because I have an eight years, eight to twelve year old boy, and they're like, "Hey, you'll already be up here dropping them off." Just stick around for another just hour and stay. a half and help lead the group. Just just stay and corral all of them. Um, but me and the other leader we're, we're getting together some like some planning, like, hey, what do we what do we need to do here? Uh so I took him to Caprock on one of the snow days a couple weeks ago to kind of start to wrap our heads around like what do we what do we need to do? And he's not from Lubbock. Um, he got there and was like like, you know, I was like, well, My first time was like, well, then we need to have chips and queso. Um, (laughs) And I swear he ate three quarters of that bowl of queso all by himself, um, which is fine. Absolutely. Haley, it's fine. I'm not putting you on blast, my dude, but come on. Come on now. Um, Well, hey, he he didn't know. No. Uh, And he was probably, I think, a little intimidated by the size of the menu uh, because – he looked at it and just asked, "Like, what are you gonna have?" And he's like, "I'm gonna have that too," because I have a hard time getting away from the down and dirty chicken strip wrap.
1: Yeah, yeah, that's um, tough. It's such a good combo. Got that, that cool, that cool ranch going with that really
0: spicy, perfectly crisp. Yeah, it was good. He he really enjoyed it. Mm. Uh, he was like, "Dude, this was all fantastic." So we're planning to go back, back to Caprock for a planning session, but also to ha- have some Caprock. I may be going tomorrow. Um we want to do it before before baby comes. Um and because we only meet with the these, these the kids every couple of weeks, so we we've got uh, a little bit of time since we met this past week. Um So, I'm looking forward to that. As you know, we got to get back to on yeah. roots talk about food, especially caprock, especially their queso.
1: Yes, and the down and dirty wings which I will mm-hmm. put up against any wing in the hub city
0: their burgers are fantastic they're they uh, bacon queso burger it's gold all right that'll do it for us in the 23 personal podcast uh we'll be back soon ish we'll have a baby probably screaming in the background you'll, you'll hear it next time we'll introduce her uh but until then lots of baseball lots of basketball to get you going for michael i'm spencer we'll catch you guys next time